0: my calculations are correct, when this baby hits 88 miles per hour, you're going to see some serious shit. They're here. Do you really think you have a chance against us, Mr. Cowboy? yippee ki motherfucker. It's showtime. Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the VHS Strikes Back. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horace. Hey Chris, and hello to our listeners out there. Welcome to the VHS
1: Strikes Back. The show where we dust off the old video player and go on a nostalgic journey to look at the good and the bad movies of yesteryear. Now Chris, we did have an iconic kind of movie last week with They Live. That was from our good Patreon, good friend, Tony Farina. What have we got this week?
0: Well Dave, we're going back to 1988. And I'm really trying to be enthusiastic because I hate these type of movies. It's the Ron Howard, George Lucas movie, Willow, starring Brad Pitt and Warwick Davis. Now, (laughs) what what do you remember about this, Dave? You know what?
1: I kind of mix this up in my mind with a movie called Legend with Tom Cruise in it. And you've got the big kind of devil situation going on there. Uh, But... I'd start. I knew I'd watched this. I just couldn't really remember. I couldn't place it. Even you know when I looked at the the list of actors and stuff, and I saw Val Kilmer, and I was like, I thought it was Tom Cruise. <laughs> and yeah. so I, I did actually start to watch it. I can say I've watched this quite a lot, and I don't. I didn't remember on this rewatch a lot of the story beats. I'm um, not even sure I could recount them now, to be quite honest. I'm not sure 100% understood what was going on. But you know, the little rat things, the little men mouse things Steady. there. Steady. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the tiny <laughs> animated, not animated, but the special effects, really like tiny ones. I don't mean things. like Willow. <laughs> You know the one the one with like the, the kind of I don't know if it's supposed to be a Spanish accent or something like that. It's like hey, hey. You, know, <laughs> you know
0: what the ones That's the are Be <laughs> 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 <Me> lucky Charms <laughs> It's not doing Sean Connery, is it? you know what I mean? <laughs>
1: but, but anyway, and and I guess towards the end when uh, Val Kilmer was was dressed up as a woman uh, as well, I, I think I remembered quite a bit of this. So, so yeah, I think I must have had this one on, you know, recorded on video. And I, I think I have watched it a few times. And unlike yourself, you know, I, I don't mind a bit of the medieval setting and a bit of sword and sorcery. I, I quite enjoy that.
0: Yeah, well, you're on your
1: own now, Dave. So letting the listeners peek behind the curtain. So we were trying to figure out the next few weeks. And uh, what I didn't tell you, Chris, I did spot one on Amazon Prime, a classic called Beastmaster. (laughs) And I was thinking, oh, just I'm going to put that one in the pocket. That is going to be there for for (laughs) a classic (laughs) day. It is a classic, not because it's good. But uh, yeah, I saw that one quite a few times back in the day, and of course, this one is—it's um, the same as last week's, isn't it? It's 1988. They live was 1988 as well. So, I mean, that's completely unplanned, but we've ended up hitting the same year there.
0: We have, and and I'm with you, Dave. I think between Legend, which I always remember that it's sort of like he looks a bit like um, Hellboy, didn't he, on the front of it? I always remember yeah. that face, the Red Devil face, and and I do remember Tom Cruise being in it. And then also even get mixed up with Labyrinth, which had David Bowie in it. So so the three of them sort of intertwine because they're not the sort of stuff I would watch. I have definitely seen this, 100% seen it, um, but only once. And, and honestly... <laughs> It's, yeah, it was interesting. (laughs) I I, I think, yeah, I don't even know what to say, but yeah, we're going to have to tread very carefully in this review today. (laughs) (laughs) Just just out of interest, you say about Labyrinth, did, did you like that one? No, <laughs> not like any of these days. These are not Jimmy my... noted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, to be fair, I always liked watching Dungeons & Dragons cartoon, but it used to piss me off when they'd get home and then have to go back. It used to always annoy me now, but I watched that religiously, Dungeons & Dragons. But this sort of stuff never never did anything for me, to be honest. And I, and I contradict myself because I did sort of like different seasons of Game of Thrones. Some of them I fell off on, but some of them I really enjoyed. So... I suppose I'm a bit of a hypocrite, like my sci-fi. I'm not really into sci-fi, and, and we know the story there. So, yeah, it, I think this was picked up again by... I mentioned my cousin last week. but I think he used, he used to have this on now and again. He was into this sort of shit. So I, I, I have seen it. It's not for me.
1: <laughs> well, I think we do. we know where this one's going this week.
0: I do you, though, Dave? <laughs> I'm pretty sure I do.
1: <laughs> but um, should we get into our trailer? Let's go. It was a different time. It was a time of destiny. A time when a child could tip the balance between good and evil. Why, with my powers, with the strength of my great army, can you not find one little child? A time for an unlikely hero named Willow. Tell her I'm not gonna let anything happen to the baby. We gotta give that baby to somebody.
0: I'm somebody. A time of scoundrels.
1: What goes on here? Uh-oh. And a time of rebels. You are great. After You're a great warrior and a swordsman,
0: and you're ten times bigger than I am, stupid.
1: Find a child.
0: Find a child.
1: It was a time when courage could be found where you'd least expect it. when unearthly powers raged and good men risked their lives. A time of great adventure. From the creator of Star Wars and the director of Cocoon, Willow chris i want you paying attention for this one so to prevent a prophecy that a child with a special rune birthmark will herald her downfall the evil sorceress queen bavmorda of nokmar (laughs) (laughs) imprisons all pregnant daikini who's a human woman in her domain the foretold child is born but her mother convinces the midwife to smuggle the baby out of the castle Bavmorda executes the mother and sends her wolf-like nokma hounds after the midwife. The midwife sets the baby adrift on a grass raft before she is killed by dogs, and Bavmorda sends her daughter, Saoirse, and an army led by General Keel to hunt down the baby. Now, Chris, what do you
0: make to the opening of this one? Right. So, (laughs) this was made 32 years ago. I am going to try my best to be politically correct, Dave. Um, I don't think this movie works at all. I, I, I understand that Warwick Davis was approached on a set of Return of the Jedi uh, by George Lucas. I, I understand the whole idea that I respect the fact that 32 years ago, a movie with a lot of people who obviously dwarfism was, was unheard of, a completely, you know, film, not like a D-Walks or anything like that. They're always like a a comedy gag, weren't they, people with dwarfism? And obviously, great Peter Dinklage in Game of Thrones Day. That, that absolutely. I remember seeing him in um, oh, the, the one about the plastic surgery, Nick Tuck as well. He was in that. As a oh, fact, right, funny enough, okay. I Janssen's um, lover in it. He was a psychologist and then up going out with her. Obviously, he was uh, out of the X-Men. Um, but yeah, so it's great they could do that. But aesthetically... <laughs> Watching some of the stuff that unfolds and believing that these things will happen, I have a real, really, really—I really, can't take it away from the, just, just the general physics of it, Dave. Does that make sense? And that's not being horrible or anything. But I, I don't it's... understand. Can you elaborate, please? <laughs> <laughs> so, what I'm talking. <laughs> <laughs> You feel Homer Simpson already, right? So, anyway. <laughs> I can search um, Fuck me. Uh, so, so, obviously, it starts off. Willow's there with his his wife, and, and they've got this baby and everything, and, and then all of a sudden, there's, this, there's a load of them together, all Willow's town people. And they're having a chat. And then this dog turns up, and it was running amok and everything. It's after the baby, these wolf things after the baby. And it's when Willow has got to run to save his baby and, and the way he, he goes about different things. And I'm like, I felt really sorry for him, David, and being honest, I felt he'd really exposing the fact that Warwick Davis is vertically challenged. And, and it, it, physics wise, he just couldn't do stuff throughout the film. The guy's struggling to walk then. And you watch him now, David, I love him with the Carl Pilkington and Ricky Gervais, yeah. and some of the stuff he does. It's, do you understand what I mean? And I'm trying to be not a dick about it, because I'm not. But but I, I find it difficult to explain, but it's a really a hard watch. I actually felt really sorry for all the people in the movie. Well, right, so let, let's
1: have a grown-up discussion about this then, so we won't dance around it. At the end of the day, I think what we're probably sensitive to is if you put a bunch of people on the camera with dwarfism and you play it for laughs, Yeah, right. uh, it's it's there to be mocked and laughed at. Yes. Yes. But see I don't think this is. Now this is despite George Lucas's original title for the movie which was called Munchkins. And I guess Munchkins they, they were the you know they were the originals in terms of Hollywood movies weren't they 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 in terms of the little people being on screen. Yeah. Yeah. Also you know we've got to do Time Bandits at some point. Uh old Sean Connery was in that as well. Yeah. Um yeah. I I don't know I, I... I don't think they're there played for laughs and to be laughed at. And I, I agree, you know, with the action scenes, you know, it doesn't necessarily come off, but what, what are you going to do? You can't have a stuntman doing that. You oh, yeah. kind of have to yeah. get these guys to do it. And I also think at the end of the day, you know, when, if not in a movie like this, when would they get a, a role in a, in a big Hollywood production movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. I agree. It's like, um, I, I respect George Lucas, what he did for this. I, there's no doubt about that. I know obviously the Ewoks get slated a little bit like Jar Jar Binks in Star Wars. And we've talked about that. Oh, on our comments. No, no, that's what I mean. I love him. I had the figures and everything. I, I had them all when I was a kid. Um, but I think, I think what's interesting is like, when you see people who have like dwarves, dwarfism, like that, like I'm a big wrestling fan. They used as just a complete comedy skit. There was one called Hornswoggle for the last few, well, about ten years ago, and he used to come out like just a Stone Cold Steve Austin, and you know, just stupid things, Dave. Mm-hmm. Like they just, just, just basically playing up to that position. I mean, there is an amazing sketch. Have you ever seen? Oh, this is fucking bad. But have you, have you ever seen Kickass? Uh, kickass, um, not kickass kick uh, Jackass three no, in the bar. No, I've seen the first. Two. Oh my god, D- this I'll have to send it. This a scene, right? So, you know, like they have Wee Man on it, and obviously, he's, he's yeah, a girl, yeah. He? I was trying to think of his name, yeah, yeah. So, so Wee Man's at the bar with his girl, and this other guy comes in, starts chatting to his girl. They start having a fucking brawl, right? So they're having a fight. The proper smacking each other, in this proper bar. Everyone's looking around. There's cameras everywhere, hidden cameras. Everyone's like, what the fuck's going on, right? So one of them gets a pasting. in. The coppers come in, Dave, it, right? The coppers come in, they're dwarfs, right? Call for an ambulance, the ambulance spender dwarfs as well. And everyone in this fucking pub is like, What? The- oh, <laughs> God, it's terrible. But he proper smacks him. One of them smacked, I think Wee Man gets smacked in the face, proper like dropped. The whole pub is just like, Nobody jumps in, Dave. Nobody gets involved. It's wet. honestly, when the ambulance and the police come in, it's fucking hilarious and it shouldn't be. And I have, and I, now I don't do this every week because I think people think I set this up. But I have got an unbelievable story, Dave. Like, it's not a tell, right? So it's becoming legend, you know, one of my stories. But a guy I work with, right? And now this is true, right? Is this, is this about <laughs> he, questionable porn? Yes, he's into <laughs> vertically challenged porn, right? So he is hundred percent. He doesn't even hide it, right? Well, he's a massive man, United fan Dave. So, one of the guys used to supply this sort of equipment to various people around work. My Leslie Nielsen knows he's getting bigger and bigger. Um, <laughs> this isn't me, by the way, but the, 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 the DVDs may have been me, Dave, at some point. Um, but basically, he asked for a load of it, right? So, I don't know. I, I don't get it at all, but that's just his thing, right? So, he, he has it. But my mate. Puts it on, so that's it. He puts it on a fire stick, right? And he he entitles it Man United 99 Champions League Final, right? <laughs> so they sat there watching all these fucking dodgy, um, sky sport, all these you know the dodgy channels and everything that have all been sideloaded on your fire stick. And he's watching them away, and then his missus just says, Oh, hey, look at it. Oh, great. He said that, and he told him beforehand what he'd called it. She's a massive United fan, Dave. There's oh. oh, nothing on Telly should we put this on? <laughs> You've never seen anybody. fucking. He said, apparently, literally, fucking Peter Schmeichel, the remote day. <laughs> <whole laughs> dive across the chair.
1: And slow motion dive.
0: Did yeah. yeah. <laughs> you get going on about it for days? Mm-hmm. Are we going to watch the <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking terrible. We, we actually did it once. At, uh, we did it when it used to work. With one of the guys used to do a video editing. And he supplied a video DVD to him, and we had it on for like he, he put it on for ten minutes, and then the bit when you think he may be, you know, he may be finishing sort of thing. Dave, we all thought he put a video clip of us, that all stood together, ten of us going, "You dirty bastard!" <laughs> <laughs> he was <going> mad, <laughs> and then he went off. <laughs> Oh, my God. Anyway, I, I had to drop a story in there, that's gods in his trees. You know,
1: it's an uh, appropriate one to drop in this uh, family film. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're listening to us for the first time today,
0: <laughs> this is what you can look forward to. <laughs> I'm already worried about what John's going to put on Twitter. But... <laughs> he
1: only puts what you say.
0: <laughs> no, that's true. It's true. He's only reporting it, Dave. Fucking hilarious. Hilarious. But that's true. That right? Anyway, back to the film, Dave. Let's get on to it. So what I will say is getting past that, the aesthetics of it, I just really can't take to. But I don't think the story is very good. I always laugh with you at the start and your explanations that you read out of the story are sometimes better than what I see on the screen. And I think there's a lot of good practical effects in this. I'll give him that. And there's loads of things nicked from Star Wars, you know, like, Even some of the storylines, the Ewok stuff, he's he's almost there. And the music and that, it's Return of the Jedi, Dave. There's loads of music where you're just waiting for that little key change into the Star Wars troop or something. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I know it's George Lucas, his DNA and everything like that, but I think he's – and obviously this is five years after Return of the Jedi, but there's a lot of things they've taken from this. But I just don't think – realistically the story is very good willow literally accepts his fate that he's got to go with his baby straight away he? and mean it's literally uproots right i'm leaving my family i'm gone see ya. and i just find that really it happens really quick even though the movie is on for over two hours it that happens quick and then we just get a fucking lull all the way through with this but it's just boring i think all the way through to be honest
1: yeah it's not great i mean i I guess you, if you look at like Lord of the Rings, um, which obviously was done years later, and they they used people like Elijah Wood, then I, they were using more kind of CGI there, weren't they? Where they were kind of superimposing, you know, the the hobbits, so they weren't actual little people. Whereas, like you say, this is all practical effects, and I I think one of the things I quite like in, you know, stories that are set around this time is, you know, is all practical effects. You know, it's, it's quite, especially in England, you know, you can go and just go into the middle of a forest and, you know, set up and you can start shooting pretty quickly, can't you? So, so you can't really uh, go wrong with, you know, you get as long as you get the costumes right, it's going to look as if it was set around that time, so I, I think that was pretty good. Yeah, Willow kind of accepts his quest quite easily, but then it is a kind of fantasy film, so yeah not the ones you were on about. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> it wasn't me watching them, Dave.
1: <laughs> so, so yeah, I, I guess I didn't think about that until you until you said it. But yeah, it does, and yeah, I. I he meets Val Kilmer's character, doesn't he? Quite, quite early on. Uh, so Mad Martigan, and you know he's trapped in the cage, and you know they have a bit of a back and forth. And you know this is uh, this this is peak kind of Val Kilmer, isn't it? You know he's was yeah. a good looking bloke back in the day, wasn't he?
0: Oh, he was. I mean, look I always say about the doors, Dave. He was proper. Uh, good-looking guy. Wanted proper chisels. We met him really first in Top Gun properly. That was his breakout sh- uh, um, part, wasn't it? And then from there, he obviously, was Batman eventually, which we reviewed uh Comics in Motion, haven't we, Dave? So it's, uh, yeah, it's interesting. I, th- I think as well, what- what's weird, <laughs> and I found it really funny, was when he's first in the cage and, like, Willow's, th- Willow's there, and he's talking to him. He's got like proper dark black teeth. And then in the morning, he wakes up and it shows him with, like a cloth and his teeth are immaculate. Like this cloth is clean. His teeth. Yeah. The proper Tom Cruise fucking smile he's got. But but yeah, I, th- I think what I'd forgotten about this, and like I say, I've only watched it once. It was literally like watching a new movie, was how I thought he was this. At first, I thought he was the baby and that the baby grows up, you know, because it's a human. Yeah, um, Yeah. And, and and it grows up to be Val Kilmer. That's what I thought the story was about. And they were protecting him, and then it's like twenty years later or thirty years later, or whatever. And it simply wasn't that. And then and then when I, when I remember his character, and like I say, it's very vague for me. He's just pretty shit, really. His character—he's not really a fighter. He's just a blagger. In he? he's been caught, and yeah, he's got a bit of. It, it was almost his character was almost a slapstick version of Han Solo, I think.
1: Yeah, I mean, he sort of is, isn't he? He's that loner. He's got no family, no particular, um, responsibilities, but he's good in a fight, you know, and he's, when him and Willow strike up this deal, you know, they, they kind of, he doesn't double cross them or anything, does he? He's sort of that loner with a heart of gold kind of thing. So yeah, Yeah. I I would go with that kind of a hand Solo type character.
0: Yeah, and I, and I do think, Dave, it, it's definitely kid-friendly. You know, if you if you wanted a kid to watch this sort of stuff, then it's it's not really that bad. It's not gruesome or anything, is it? It's just... No, it's, no. I think it was a PG, wasn't it, of its time. But, I mean, the original Star Wars stuff was a year, right? It was good about that. I mean, you know, he got his arm chopped off and everything in certain parts of it. it especially in the new- that news book, that's what I mean. And it was a U. I always remember having the videos and it said a U on it. And I always used to be amazed by that, you know, considering the content of it. But yeah, yeah. obviously there's no swearing in it and it's their own language in Star Wars to a point. Uh, but this, yeah, this, this is, it's, there's no harm in a kid watching it. They'll probably say like now as a child or someone who's like, say six to 10, they'll probably go, what the hell is this? They're probably playing Fortnite. <laughs> but um, it's just, I don't know. I, I wouldn't really call it a family movie and I wouldn't really say, there's a lot you can take out of it, but it's watchable. I don't think it's absolutely horrendous, but I just, I don't I don't think there's enough time invested in everything that's going on. And I don't, and I know it's his first ever acting gig. I don't think Warwick Davis is very good in it, from being honest, Dave. I don't think he's, his acting is he's great at all. And, and a lot of the, yeah. Val, Val Kilmer's not great either. They, let's not beat around the bus. Them two are not brilliant. It's just more because you're familiar with Val Kilmer. Obviously, it was Warwick Davis's breakout. Um, Role really, but but I just don't think the dialogue and every it just doesn't work for me. This the whole cat and mouse thing of trying to get away from these the evil sorcerers or the queen's guards and the dogs and all that stuff. It's a it's a very strange movie, and I don't really understand the point of why they went on a runner. To be honest, I I sort of do, but I'm like I don't think it's explained correctly to. Well, I didn't see it anyway.
1: Well, again, it's it's down to this prophecy, isn't it? So you know the the evil queen wants to kill the baby you know so think snow white similar sort of thing <laughs> you know <laughs> so warwick davis is just trying to to protect uh the baby you know because it's it's part of the whole prophecy and that I, I think that's pretty much the the start middle and end of it you've got uh the queen's daughter oh what was her name uh, blah, 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 blah. what was her name you know, the one with the auburn hair? Oh,
0: um oh, she Sol- is it? Sol-shire. The one who turns against the mother. Solskjaer,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah, Joanne Wally, yeah. Yeah.
1: So I do remember quite uh being taken with her. <laughs>
0: <laughs> She's alright, actually, Dave, I'll give you that, yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm just looking that that was her uh, so Willow was her biggest uh, movie by the looks of it and so you, you can kind of see it come in though can't you that she's going to end up having a bit of a soft spot for uh martigan you know val Kilmer's character and, and sure enough it kind of goes that way doesn't it
0: yeah it does to be fair and, and just a side note dave i think what what's interesting about this is our comics in motion review It's called The Spirit, isn't it, Dave? That's coming up in the next week or so. Yeah. And uh, this is a fucking masterpiece compared to that, Dave. There is that. (laughs) Sam always says to me all the time, what are you wasting your life for watching these movies when you hate them so much? And I always go, because I love talking about them with Dave. We just (laughs) love talking about them. You'll put yourself through these movies. Just to talk about, it. but I did look at this. I said to you at the time, I went, Oh, for fuck's sake, it's over two hours long <laughs> <laughs> now. I, and, and I think the problem
1: is with this one, it, it's just like you said, it's not terrible, but it does drag along. And I don't think there are any of those, let, let's call them like samurai cop moments where it's just so ridiculous that, that it's quite funny to discuss. But I guess what, what, what do you reckon when, like, Val? Kilmer accidentally has some of these brownies which are a, a love potion and so he, he falls in love doesn't he with sorsha I mean what what do you what do you think of how he sort of carried that one off?
0: His act is terrible. <laughs> it
1: was pretty bad, yeah, it was wasn't it? Fucking <laughs> awful state. Here's the thing that I don't understand that this is the same actor, and he was pretty bad in Batman. He wasn't as terrible as George Clooney, probably, but, but he was pretty bad. But in Tombstone, he was he was brilliant. Oh, I was amazing. how, can, Holiday, how yeah. is this the same person who can put in those three completely different performances? Or, or you know, if it's a batting average, he's doing pretty badly, isn't he? I mean, Tombstone you yeah. would hold right up there. But almost everything else is is pretty bad, even though you know a bit of a guilty pleasure of mine is Top Secret. But you know that he he's just got to play it a certain way. There, it's more like the Leslie Nielsen type character you know where he's trying to play it straight in and amongst all the comedy but yeah he's it, it yeah. is pretty bad isn't it
0: it is and, and I, I only mentioned Dave to heat he's very good in heat actually I know uh, Robert De Niro and Al Pacino get all plaudits and quite rightly because it's the first time they'd actually been up against each other but he is good in heat as well I think he's one of the uh, baddies in it with Robert De Niro so uh yeah so that's just come on prime as well Oh God, oh, that's a great film. Yeah, that yeah. is a good. Yeah. Uh, I haven't watched that for years, but I did have that on v- uh, X rental VHS at one point. And I did, I had the poster on the wall. I was obsessed with that movie when I was when I was a lot younger, probably mid to late teens, I think. It was huge at the
1: time, wasn't it? I mean, it it was a proper all star cast at the time.
0: Oh, it's brilliant, like a heist movie, wasn't it? Yeah. Cops and robbers and all that. It was a great, movie. and it may be. Um, with the nostalgic eyes, but I remember fondly loving that movie. So I, I definitely think we'll have to watch that at some point, Dave. Now it's on Prime. There's no excuses. There?
1: Yeah, yeah. No, we'll definitely get it on the list. But um, yeah. So so despite Madigan's, uh terrible acting, Saoirse actually decides, you know, when they're up against it, that uh, she's fallen in love with him. So decides to join, <laughs> you know, to, to join their side and helps them kind of fight off the trolls, and, yeah, don't.
0: I don't really know what to say more about that, to be honest. Well, let, let me talk about something, Dave, that I, I did find quite uncomfortable, was when paul K- was dressed as the woman, and he's got the balloon-like boobs on, and that big Neanderthal guy comes in and starts just touching him up, and he's like, um, you know, oh, yeah, come here, come here. And, and it's all played for laughs. Then he picks a baby up and has the baby in his hand and the guy still carries on groping her. And I'm like, this is getting very fucking wrong and weird. I know, obviously, it's a man playing a woman, but even so, I was like, that's just not even funny. It's not even... And then I know eventually the, the, the ruse is up that he's not actually a woman and he sort of go for him then, don't they? Chin someone, the big guy, and Val Kilmer ducks and does a runner. But that whole scene is quite uncomfortable, to be honest.
1: Because because he's got the baby, or because of the way the bloke the guy's being... drooping
0: him when he's got the baby and stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, you know that whole. It doesn't matter. It's not like he doesn't do anything to the baby, but it's just more the the whole um, that whole scene just wasn't funny. It, it just wasn't some that. far. Oh, this is really hilarious. I didn't get what they were going for.
1: So I have probably got a, an apt story for you now, Chris. So oh, picture this it's i think is it the mid 90s or maybe mid to late 90s the spice girls are huge there's a pub crawl coming up uh, coming up and so me and a few mates we decide we're gonna go as the spice girls so i go as sporty spice i look pretty good to be honest chris Pull, pulled it off quite well back in the day i had a, had a good uh, set of women's legs <laughs> 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 went to the charity shop got got my like uh black leggings uh, you know the uh, uh leggings slash you know tracksuit bottoms type thing had a nice little crop top on got a got a wig as well and uh, you know we were going out and and these pub crawls i'm sure there, there were about 18 pubs on the way there so by the time you got to like the this was all in preston And it was Tokyo Joe's, the nightclub there. So that was like the 18th hole kind of thing. And uh, we get to there. Now, a lot of these pub crawls that we went on, there was a huge amount, like loads and loads of students there. So by the time you get into the nightclub, people in fancy dress everywhere. Not this particular time, Chris. (laughs) I don't know what happened to everyone. But um, by the time we got there, it wasn't obvious that it was a uh, fancy dress night, and I've got to tell you, Chris, I have had more propositions that night than any night I have had in my life before or since. <laughs> my fucking ass was pinched so many times. But you bloody said pinched. <laughs> <saying. laughs> it was raw, Chris. <laughs> No, but seriously, I I finished that night and I was literally thinking, fucking men are all bastards, you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I was just like, I cannot believe what women have to put up with. Because I yeah. you know, you you just don't see it as a bloke, you know, and, and it, it was only because, you know, in the kind of dim lights and everything, um even even a mate of mine Scott's right. I, I used to he was in he was in my fucking kung fu club. Fucking give me a give me a big old pinch on the arse. You got a fucking surprise when I turned round. <laughs> <laughs> you haven't got the hips, free, Dave. You know. <laughs> well, like I say, a little crop top. I had a flat stomach back in the day. I wouldn't fucking get away with it now. But uh but yeah, I I still think back to that night because it it, it was it was a real eye opener. So you're saying about feeling uncomfortable? I mean, hopefully things are, are a bit better now than they were in the mid '90s. But fucking hell, that was horrendous back at the, at the time.
0: That's that's um, yeah. I've seen it firsthand, Dave. I've got into many a scuffle when I've seen people trying that with uh, Sam or anyone, Dave, or my sisters when we've been out. Yeah, I've, I've had many uh, a disagreement, shall we say. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's different
1: when you you're seeing it and when you're experiencing it as well though. But I think you're yeah. about six two, aren't you? So you probably stick a dress on you, you're probably less likely to get the attention.
0: I don't know, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> if if, if Glenn got hold of me, Dave, I'm not getting away. <laughs> 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 That's true. <laughs> Anyone else had fancy me chances if Glyn gets me, Dave, I'm fucking I'm absolutely fucked. <laughs> That isn't that isn't a fucking euphemism, by the way, David.
1: <laughs> but um but yeah, so I agree. It was it was uncomfortable, but um but yeah, like like you say, he gets a bit of a surprise, the old boy there, doesn't he? And that's where we have the, the big fight, and, and that's where I was struggling that, you know. Because he'd had the love potion, but I mean uh, the girl, shit. you know, she she hadn't, She's just like Oh, he's a bit fit. Oh, I'm just going to fall in love with him. I, I, I did sort of groan at that, that trope really.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I must admit. And, and I think, like you say, I said, it, it It drags. But when you come towards the climax of the movie, and this could be me and I know I say this sort of stuff all the time, but I'm not really that bothered. I, I did clock watch a little bit. I was so glad when I got over an hour into it, but it wasn't like when I've... Even someone that's 90 minutes sometimes, I'm like, "Oh, holy shit, how am I going to get through this? You know, it sounds so like first world problems, but when you say I have to do something while I'm watching, I'm like, I've got to fucking do something productive. This is like 90 minutes where I have to be doing something at the same time. Like watching The Spirit today, I was in the gym, Dave. I was on the bike. I was doing stuff. I thought, I can't, I can't justify 90 minutes of watching this, you know, or an hour and 40, whatever that is. But with this... It's not bad. This is the sort of movie I think you could put on if you were doing a bit of ironing, Dave, or a bit of cooking, or something. You know, just something where you just want something in the background to watch. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for I mean, for people our age that have already watched it, nobody who's never watched this is going to put this on at all. It's not the first thing they go. Oh, I'm going to watch Willow. But someone around our age who is into it originally may get something out of it. I just don't think the story's very good. And I think a lot of the choreography fighting stuff at the end is pretty crap, to be honest. I, I just lose all interest in it, if I'm being honest.
1: It's not great. It's not great. And like you say, Warwick Davis, his, his
0: acting's not great. Did you know he was only 17 when this was done, though? I didn't actually know. That makes sense, so to be fair. Not, not because of Dingy, but because his acting, he looks really... He doesn't look right having the kids. He's got about three or four kids, hasn't he? And he looks too young to have, have like yeah. three or four kids. So that, that'll make perfect sense, Dave. Uh, why then, to be fair? So I'll let him off on that. Like I say, I do like Worry Davis. So it's, it, it's good for him for his career because he made a career out of it. But I think I think um, in the end, for me, it was just a misstep. And I read that George Lucas was thinking this movie would make more than E.T. In, in the box office, Dave, and you're like... <laughs> What?
1: Well, George Lucas did think Howard the Duck was going to be his...
0: Well, yeah. He so just made that the year before,
1: hadn't he? <laughs> I think he was 86,
0: you know. Howard the Duck,
1: wasn't it? Oh I I think, God. I think his judgment on some things is questionable at best, isn't it?
0: <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. I mean, it does say... That the CGI that they used on it, Dave, was stuff that inspired Indiana Jones, Last Crusade, Terminator Two, Star Trek, Undiscovered Country. Not a Star Trek, anyway. But but the Terminator Two, Judgment Day. Yeah, some of the um, CGI stuff. Uh, oh, so I don't you know, see that. No, I don't at all. I don't get that at all. But anyway, we'll go with what they're saying. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it made money,
1: didn't it? I mean, it made it, it had a budget of thirty five million, which. Let's face it. For, for 1988, that's quite a lot. Yeah. Um, but it made 136.7 million at the box office. So yeah, you know, not 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 the best thing we've ever seen, but you know, it's respectable figures, isn't it? Of course it is. Of
0: course it is. But yeah, it just it just plods along to what it is. I think. And uh, I mean, I haven't really got any more to say. Have you got any more to say, Dave? Not really.
1: Like I say, I it didn't pass the phone test for me either, I'm afraid. It it just it it felt really hard going, quite honestly, to get through yeah. it. Even though like I say I remembered it and I obviously I must I, I must have liked it as a kid because I I remember like some of the little scenes and things, not all of it, but you know, certainly enough. And so yeah, I mean I, I can only put it down to those just Just wasn't that much of a choice back then. No, (laughs) you know, in terms of just like kids' movies, and I I don't know when they were filmed. You know, I'm trying to think. George Lucas did a couple of Ewok films. One of them was called Caravan of Courage, and there was another one as well. I'm sure it was around this time. I'm sure it was late eighties as well, and those were fucking shit as well. (laughs) So it makes me laugh. You, You know, you get all of the vitriol that's thrown to Disney about how they've ruined Star Wars. Now, I don't know. Lucas's record for me is a bit patchy. What he's created with Star Wars and, you know, creating that whole universe or, or galaxy at least, you know, is it, just phenomenal. And, you know, he can feel happy with the mark that he's left on the world for sure, you know, just with that. But some of his other projects, you know, have really, really not been good.
0: No, no. I think you've said it before about him with Star Wars, Dave. It's lightning in a bottle, and it's made also. It's made him make a load more mistakes after Star Wars that he because he, he could afford to, like the Skywalker Ranch and all that stuff and his production company. You know, now they've renamed like the Star Wars movies, uh, films, and the, not films, sorry, the video games. They're now bringing back Lucas uh, Games or something like that. They've all under one banner because of his name again. So that name is synonymous with Star Wars. Forever, it's just yeah. his other stuff that he tried to break away. Sometimes he, he is pretty much typecast as Star Wars. That's it, George Lucas, Star Wars. N- nothing else, anything else is just a joke in it, really. I've not seen anything else that stands up that we've reviewed, especially that Howard the Duck. That is terrible. Yeah, I'm just looking at it. It was earlier actually. It was,
1: um, so the Ewok Adventure, so yeah, Caravan of Courage looks like it was 1984. And then you had Ewok's The Battle for Endor, and that was 1985. And uh, yeah, I think we'll have to watch those at some point, Chris. But I'm telling you now, they're fucking terrible. <laughs> 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 really, really bad. Even as a kid, even with the lack of decent movies in the mid 80s, you know, in that very kiddie space. Uh, yeah, they were, that was pretty bad. And I guess, <laughs> yeah, it's 20th Century Fox. So yeah. I'm not. I'll have to check. This might even be on there. Uh, on Disney Plus, you know.
0: It could be. You know, it could be. Oh god, awful, awful. So if you get into our review, Dave. Yep, yeah, yeah. let's go.
1: Well, Chris. This was, of course, the choice of Patreon, John, so from Predator Minute, and uh, this was one of the movies that John had suggested, and I just think... I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) I don't don't really want to shit on it, (laughs) but I'm going to struggle not to. I mean, I I quite like the fantasy movies, like a bit of sword and sorcery, a bit of wizardry. That, That is something I can get behind. But for me, this movie just didn't hold up like I thought it would. Even though I was kind of confused and and in my head I had it mixed up with Legend, uh, I I realized, obviously, that I had seen this one. Yeah, I just think it, it, it doesn't do enough to keep your attention. Not in 2021, at least. You know, maybe it did in the... Well, clearly it did for me in the late 80s. But yeah, I think it's... It's pretty forgettable now, um, and doesn't doesn't really hold up in terms of the story. Not so much in terms of the effects or anything. I just think uh, this isn't one that I'm going to inflict on the kids. I don't think, I don't think it's it's terrible. It doesn't deserve to go to Alderaan, but um, I think I'm going to have it there in Elm Street. And I know this does. It scores pretty well in on IMDb. I think it's seven point three. You know, so more than respectable. But for me, it, it just didn't really hold up.
0: Cool. So I think we're not going to be far away, Dave. I am not sending it to the bottom. I'm the same as you. I, th- I think it's just pretty boring. It, there's so many things wrong with it. And and I, I applaud George Lucas for going down this route and picking people um, for the movie and using a completely different dynamic. Not like you, you, like you were saying regarding like The Hobbit, Lord of the Rings, you know, you've got like Dominic Monaghan, you've got people like that in there who, who are playing sort of, um, is it Pygmies, Dave, or whatever they are, or, uh, or Hobbits, sorry, the Hobbits aren't they? Hobbit the movie with Martin Thingy Freeman, so Hobbits, and, and that's the the pretense of, this is, there's no allusion to it, all these people in this movie have obviously got uh, some sort of dwarfism, that's not me speaking out of turn, That's just, I, I think that's the proper terminology, um, and yeah, it's just pretty crap. Val Kilmer's rubbish. Warwick Davis, I'll forgive him he was only 17. To to actually lead a movie at 17 like this under, under George Lucas's wing is a hell of an achievement. You've got to give him credit for that. But I just don't think it's very good. I, I don't believe he's got four kids because he's looked so young himself. Um, yeah, it's just pretty poor. And, and even the jokey stuff like Val Kilmer gets up with the women, the love stuff. It's just not funny. And I know stuff can age badly. It's 32 years old and it might not still hit the mark. Stuffing Back to the Future still makes me laugh, Dave. That's, that's bloody 35 years old and it's still funny now and hits. So I just think it's bad writing. And again, I do think it's the curse of George Lucas. I'm sorry, I really do. So I'm going to send it to Elm Street. And it was Virgin on um, older on Dave. I must have meant, I said Dan Tweed again, but older on, uh, But yeah, Elm Street, I think it's just where it needs to be, I think, for me
1: well chris as i like to do you know i have a quick flick through the um uh the imdb reviews and you know there is a lot of love for this um so i think we're probably swimming against the tide a little bit with this one i mean uh not reading that one out cuz it's too fucking long but second one here is a stunning 80s epic 8 out of 10 i remember seeing this film in theaters back in 88 and long to see it again on the big screen. There is a motherload of crappy fantasy flicks out there, and this one is better than most. I was kind of young when I saw it and didn't find it too violent, but some parents may f- think it gruesome at times. I myself feel that it gave it an edge. Along with swordplay, there are nasty trolls, a two-headed beast man, spirited characters, and some intense scenes at the end. Of course, there are lots of special effects. This was a technically well-made film with awesome cinematography and interesting locations. Every now and again, Fox airs the movie, but it's two and a half hours running. can really be cut. You gotta see it, is what they say. And the next one. 10 out of 10, A Morphing Delight. 9 out of 10, Lucas Howard Make Magic. Um, watch this movie; you'll feel better. A very well done fantasy flick. Another ten out of ten. So, Chris, flicking down here, the user reviews. I am scrolling down. I cannot see anything under eight out of ten. It's all eights. Oh, there's there's a seven. There's a six. Yeah, so so clearly we're in the minority. There are a lot of people who still love this movie.
0: Well, Dave, look at me. We know she's no surrender. <laughs> you can't ping it for taste, can you? <laughs>
1: you absolutely cannot, Chris. And speaking of which, for next week, what's your pick going to be?
0: <laughs> this is where I'm going to contradict myself. So <laughs> we have had a few lovings recently. Rowdy Roddy Piper, you know, we, we've gone down a route there, Dave, of just different people. But that Rowdy Roddy Piper double movie review was just by pure chance, wasn't it, Dave? It was picked, basically. So mm-hmm. we, we went with it by our, our great Patreons. We had to do it. We are going back, Dave, to my first real love on this podcast, a man who is one of the greatest martial artists ever, Dave. We have done the No Retreat, No Surrender trilogy, But my friend, we are going to be completing the No Retreat, No Surrender quadilogy next week, because this is the unofficial No Retreat, No Surrender for Dave, and it stars the greatest martial artist ever. Actually, Scott Adkins is the greatest ever, I would say now, but (laughs) and behind Van Damme, so he's the third in my, no, fourth behind Bruce Lee, Dave. Lauren Avedon, Dave, a it's good friend of mine. Keep going. I'll keep going down. <laughs> keep fatale. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Fucking uh, anybody who's good at karate. Um, but yeah, Lauren Avedon, Dave, mine and your good friend on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. I've had a few conversations with good old Lauren, uh, mainly telling me to leave him alone. But um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so we're going with the amazing, the abs, um, and it's on Amazon Prime, guys, if you want to watch it before we review it king of the fucking kickboxers, Dave, and I cannot wait for this, I have let you off the last few times with my picks we've had the Blues Brothers and everything, we are not having it, Dave, we are going back to what we know best, and I know you've watched this in the last six months, because I have but also it means we can do the second one down the line, Dave, at some point Oh my god So Let's get into our trailer (laughs) (laughs)
1: mysterious Thailand, the home of the world's deadliest sport. When the cameras roll, death awaits. You do it once, huh? At least it evens the odds a little. Interpol paid me a visit today, asked about a loan out. And you, Lucky Stiff, I'm going to send you over there.
0: Where's over there? My luck, it'll be Jersey. No, it's better than Jersey. Thailand. (laughs) the deaths of these films are for real. That's where the action and the market is. Business is very good, but to meet the demand, somebody has to get killed. A New York cop becomes part of this secret world in the steaming jungles of Thailand. Masquerading as a fighter, he is really on a mission of vengeance. You're not hitting me with that! Thai Proverbs say success comes through pain.
1: It's been 10 years now, and death is just around the corner.
0: I'm ready to face it. I don't fear it. Then you stand a chance against Khan. Encountering the most deadly enemy, there is no winner or loser. (laughs) Only life or death. (laughs) To conquer this enemy, he has to learn to enter the ring without fear, completely and totally ready to die. one man will leave the ring alive and he will be the king of the kickboxers. Oh, amazing. So, Dave, I've got something for you this week. We had an amazing email from uh, our good friend Jason Byers over Christmas. And I know you responded to him and I just want to read out the bookends of, of these emails because there's quite a few good points in there. And Jason, Dave, he has got some great taste, I would like to say. So I just want to read this out because I think he... He's up there, Dave, as one of our best listeners for some of the comments he makes in today's um, email. So, apologies, Jason. We should have read this out a few weeks ago, but everything going on over Christmas and that, we just uh, thought we'd we do him in the new year. So here we go. No, we're we're just a bit shit with
1: emails, aren't we? We we don't actually <laughs> yeah. get many, and then so we always forget. So we've had a few from like Joseph Parker as well that we just we just forget to read out. So yeah, I maybe. think what we should do, Chris, is. Any that we've forgotten to read out at any point? Read them. We, we'll just work our way backwards through. Um, yeah. Because people yeah. are taking the time out, and like so, on the reality cast, we get loads of emails, so it's easy to get into that mode, and then we're just shit on the VHS. Aren't? Yeah,
0: we do it every week on the reality <laughs> one. We get various uh, good friends of ours around the world, day mostly female, absolutely slating the show that we're watching it's- with us. It's funny, isn't
1: it? I mean, the demographic for the VHS is that it's mostly blokes and, and we're just shit at reading out the emails. Yeah. All the women respond to us and we're like, yeah, yeah let read this one out.
0: <laughs> bastards. Look what they've just done to him or her. Yeah, no, we, we get involved in all that fake drama, don't we? So uh, exactly, I agree. Apologies. Apologies, um, Joseph and everyone else out there, if you haven't read them out. We will get reading them. So Jason says, hi, guys. Greetings from the outskirts of Birmingham, Alabama. A Couple of months ago I stumbled upon your podcast and I fall in love with it. I listen every day to and from work and it makes my life a lot more happy and manageable. That's nice. I'm trying to catch up before I start listening to Comics in Motion. You guys are absolutely a delight to listen to and I appreciate it. I have a few suggestions that I'd love to hear you guys do if possible. One is the 1980s Flash Gordon, which you may have already covered. We haven't actually, or better suit, or maybe better suit it to Comics in Motion. Number two would be 1994's Leon the Professional. Now, that's a good film, though. Uh, And last but certainly not least, a very little-known masterpiece, in my humble opinion, 1995 suspense thriller Mute Witness, a screen gem about a mute girl that witnesses a snuff film in the making. It also marks the last screen appearance of a classic actor. I will leave that for you to discover. Anyway, thanks for all the joy you guys bring me every day. I was born in 74, so I can relate to everything you guys talk about. No retreat, no surrender. We're standing, though, Chris. I love loud. Also, Chris, I heard you mention your gamer tag for Xbox on an episode, but I was driving and couldn't remember it. If you don't mind, let me know what it is, and I'd be honored to add you as a friend. Well, Jason, I'd be honored to add you as a friend. It's actually Hulkamania78. 70H. Is 78. Hulkamania 78. was He's year again. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, <laughs> if you just don't email right there. Just... Yeah, yeah. Anyway, Hulkamania 78. <laughs> I'll reply to you. So you've got it. And um, need... he. And he's given me his gamer tag as well, so I will be adding him, Dave. And he just put, um, Dave, as a parting gift of appreciation, I'll send you a couple of pictures of my daughter and I going to a convention a couple of years ago. Well, he's got one with Michael Byrne, Dave, the old Terminator.
1: Nice.
0: Uh, one with Denise Crosby from, was it Star Trek Voyager? Is that She, you know, was, uh,
1: what? she was Star Trek Next Generation.
0: And ah, she was thing. also in the Eliminators, Chris, if you remember that, ah, way back in episode three. I do, Dave, I do, actually. And I've got to say, Dave, he's put, and my parting words for you will be from 2004's Euro trip from Vinnie Jones' own lips. If you're not a mank, you're a wank. Sorry, Dave. <laughs> so Dave, has gone. you've gone back to him and talked about it because he sent a picture, Dave. Not only has he got pictures with some absolute TV movie royalty, He has got the greatest football shirt in the world on, Dave. This man is of absolute taste. He has got Manchester United's shirt on, Dave. And it was the current one from last season. So he's well up, Dave, with the greatest football team in the world. And I'm not letting you interrupt, Dave, before you say anything. So we're going to read the second part of his email. So he just (laughs) said... (laughs) Because you'd replied to him about asking about the shirt and the origins of it, didn't you, and everything. So he's put... Hi, Dave. Thanks so much for your awesome reply. It made my Christmas. I felt like Harrison Ford had contacted me. So, I mean, I'm Chewb- Chewbacca. <laughs> I what's going on here, Dave? What's going on? Jason, you're going right down here. I'm, I, I won't mind being Princess Leia, but I'm certainly not Chewbacca. Anyway, <laughs> I did catch the Eliminators episode and that's what prompted me to send Denise Crosby picks. Now you've... Qu- your question about Manchester United is an interesting one. The answer is both quite simple and long-winded. Since I was a child, for some reason, I've always been an un- un- unapologetic Anglophile. Something about the music, the attitude, the dry wit and the absolute dignity of your great country. I'm not sure what the dignity, Dave, but we'll accept <laughs> that, Jason. Watching British serials as a child on our PBS station, like Doctor Who, the Tom Baker era, the young ones at MTV and later Blackadder in the office and such. Oh, Dave, has got some good taste. Crazy he has got some good taste. Yeah, very good taste. I grew up in a music-loving environment, so there was the Beatles, the Stones, etc. My family also loves sports, especially college football, so naturally at some point I would wonder about soccer or proper football, is put, Dave. Good man, good man. <laughs> now, like anyone with a newfound interest in a sport, you need a team to rally around on whether or not It's the uniform or a player or your family cheering on the team your whole life or just rooting for an underdog. You eventually find your team. Over time, every name I heard, every band I got into, every quote I heard, all rows lead to Manchester, Dave, England. What a man. What an email. (laughs) The music, the talent, the culture, the storied history of that club. It's like those rare moments you hear an unknown band on the radio and you find out who it is. Then every week you hear an unknown song on the radio and it's the same damn band. That's how I ended up rooting for Manchester, my friend. That's What's really funny is right before the COVID bullshit, I text my daughter's grandmother to say hello or happy birthday or something. And she said she was at the airport in Manchester on a business. And I was like, what? (laughs) Please get me a jersey. So she did. And that's why I'm wearing one in the pic that sent you. Figured you'd like that. By the way, my Alabama Crimson Tire is playing for the College National Championship on January 11th. So you... Guys, so you guys can root for us. So we are rooting for him, Dave. You no, know, the games actually happen. Oh, Should be exciting. Yeah. You are wonder how they did. We're hoping they won, Dave. Let's just yeah. say that. Yeah. <laughs> thanks. Thanks for your response and the time you've given me. The most importantly, God bless you and your loved ones, brother. It'll be an honor if you would look up at the moon and say, Hey, old Blighty from Jason. Jason, we're not going to say that. We're going to say that you are supporting the greatest football club in the world. You are one of our best fans, without a doubt, they one of our best listeners. And I'm going to frame that, Dave, as well, especially if you're not a mank, you're a wank, Dave. So there you go.
1: <laughs> well, I think the, the, oh, you know what? I, something flashed up on my Facebook, literally this evening, just before we came on to record. And it was one of these little, um, uh, little maths problems. And it had, you know, two little kids writing on a whiteboard. And it said, I can't remember what the name is, but let's say let's say uh, Lucy uh, bought three Morrissey albums and then she went to the shop and she bought two more Morrissey albums. What does Lucy have and then
0: dot 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 depression. Lucy has depression. I was going to say, <laughs> <gonna> say uh, <laughs> Morrissey, or Stephen as he's known, Dave, grew up right around the corner from my house uh, on Kings Road. He went to St. Mary's School, which was less than three quarters of a mile away from my house. So I know all of Morrissey. So I know people in my local the quadrant. Um, he was in there a few months ago, you know, Morrissey. But yeah, he, he, he's... Um, Don't be say you fucking hate Morrissey. I don't. I don't like Morrissey at all. I don't. I mean, I'm in a way. Funny enough, I love. I love the Stone Roses, who are a United band. But I love Oasis. Obviously, we were in the band. We mainly did Oasis, yeah. and I did a bit of Stone Roses. But I love Oasis. It's just unfortunate those two fuckers are City fans. But I absolutely love Oasis.
1: Yeah. See. See, I'm going to speculate, and Jason, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but but I think Jason's hit that kind of. Uh, obsession with Manchester around the mid-90s, because then you've kind of got Oasis, haven't you? And uh, all the kind of Manchester music really hitting the front. Yeah. Even though, you know, over here, the Stone Roses were huge. Obviously, Morrissey and the Smiths and that before that. But I'm going to guess it was around the mid-90s. And and in the mid-90s, obviously, Man, Man United were winning everything, weren't they? So... So there we go. I'll I'll forgive him for that, because it's just a time capsule, but... um, Yeah, he's still fucking thousands of miles away, so he's
0: a typical Man United fan, really, isn't he? Oh, fuck you, Dave. (laughs) (laughs) When was the last time you've been to Anfield. Anyway, I I, I live now, I used to live less than half a mile away from Old Trafford, but I do live now two miles away, Dave, so I'm still within touching distance. I can walk to Old Trafford if I need to.
1: It used to always wind me up, because I used to live in Charlton, and... When I was driving back from Altrincham, <laughs> i get caught in the fucking match traffic, and I'm like, oh, f- fucking United supporters.
0: <laughs> that makes my day even better, Dave. But yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. But, um,
1: no, again, I, I just want to thank John as well. So he selected Willow for us to, to do today. And I don't know if you've had a chance to listen to it yet, Chris, but Predator Minute, they've wrapped up. They did the last – they actually did the yeah. – uh, the final three minutes, I think it was, because um, but all all it is is that cheesy fucking ending where everyone's turning around and giving the camera a big Heidi
0: hi!" Yeah,
1: every time I see that sunny one, uh, you know Billy and in, in Predator, just turns around and it it's like fucking I don't know, it's, it is like Police Squad or something, isn't it? Or or like you say, Heidi hi!" It's like it's so out of tone with the rest of the movie. But um, hopefully those guys, I'm sure they'll have a bit of time off and a <laughs> deserved break, and then hopefully we'll see them back doing something else.
0: The really two top guys, Jeff and John, really are dead funny. Day we've had two great podcasts with, them. one on here, and they're obviously great patrons of the show. And we were on theirs, and and honestly, it was a such a laugh. And and the two guys. From America and two guys from the UK, you wouldn't necessarily think our humour's clicked, but oh my god, it was just hilarious. That Ninja 3 domination episode, especially <laughs> fucking hell, hilarious. And we did, even before we went on, we were in stitches, weren't we? Before we even started recording, two top guys. You, you know what? Now you've mentioned that, I might have to watch that golf
1: scene when we finish. <laughs> amazing. Fucking amazing.
0: as I just said, guys, if you want to support the show, get over to patreon.com forward slash VHS Strikes Back and we've got various tiers on there. Have a look. If anything tickles your fancy, you want to support me and Dave, we really appreciate it. If you want to follow us on social media, at VHS Strikes Back. And if you want to email the show, like um, Jason has, and if you want to send something amazing in about Manchester, it's not a problem. I'll happily read that out. Anything bad about Liverpool, I'll read that out as well. Um, it's, um, VHS strikes back. Beat us. All our injuries still couldn't beat us. <laughs> still top of the <laughs> league, Dave. That's all that matters. VHS strikes That's back at G. If I was you. <laughs> yeah, we're not worried about you. Anyway, VHS strikes back at gmail.com. I'm lying by the way, Dave. Um I was absolutely petrified. It was the worst 90 minutes of my fucking life yesterday. We, it was were, both, uh, oh. we were both really quiet,
1: actually, weren't we? So- yeah there's no they, I wasn't
0: opening. Yeah. <laughs> no shit, no shit talking or anything, because I knew full well we have a WhatsApp group, two Liverpool fans and Maisie United fan. It would have gone fucking badly one way the other day. So I was not even rising. So I was being very diplomatic. Oh, we're really unlucky and everything. I was yeah. like, no, because I know what's coming. <laughs>
1: Awesome. Well, thanks for that, mate. And, yeah, I've got to watch that fucking King of the Kickboxers. I, I think Max is a big fan of the old Billy Blake yeah. there in his
0: time. Yeah. So. Max has got taste, Dave. He knows. Oh, my God, it's terrible. <laughs> I
1: can't, I've got to watch this again within a year.
0: <laughs> well, sorry, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right, mate. I'll speak to you next week.
0: Bye that's it man
1: game over man it's game over what the fuck are we gonna do now what are we gonna do maybe we could build a fire sing a couple of songs huh why don't we try that we better get back because it'll
0: be dark soon and they mostly come at night mostly i'll be back that's not we came we saw we kicked its ass wax on wax over Ding, ding. I'll bust you up. Go for it.
1: Well, here we go. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Ain't so bad. Come Ain't so bad. Ain't
0: enough. You must be crazy or something. I'm crazy. You're just a stupid yeah, fool. Yeah, I may be stupid. stupid ain't breathing heavy. He's a fool. He's stupid I'll see you in six. Come on.
1: That's